Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me today is none other than national champion head coach himself, Scott Drew. Coach Drew, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. Thank you. It's uh, good to be on your show or podcast. And uh, uh, we started school this week, so things are ripping and running already. And uh, it's great when, uh, you know, you spend the summer and after winning the championship, it, it, it was it was a great summer. I highly recommend it for people to try. And uh, um, but but one thing is when summer ends and students come back to campus, it's amazing. The energy level just picks up and the excitement picks up uh, with a new season, new year, new students. And uh, uh, like every campus right now, things are buzzing. Yeah. I mean, does it still feel surreal to a degree? I mean, being national champion, I mean, you have the trophy, you got the net and everything. Just, does it still feel uh, surreal? Well, I, I tell you what, uh, uh, coaches love uh, seeing uh, their players reach their goals and dreams and, and accomplish uh, positive things. But it, it's it's obviously uh, the same translates when you see boosters, you see fans, you see people from the state of Texas that uh, see and are just excited and uh, uh tell you things like, I mean, I watched that championship game four times already. And uh, uh, it was just so exciting. A team from Texas uh, uh, could win a championship. And uh, that just, that just brings your heart joy and uh, excitement knowing that uh, you're able to uh, uh, excite so many others. Yeah. As, as a Texas podcast, a Texas basketball podcast, specifically having y'all and having Houston, the run they had, I mean, what a year for Texas basketball. It was just a lot of fun to cover. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Great. Great, great year for the state of Texas. And uh, I can tell you, uh, yeah, I mean, to have two final uh, uh, two teams from the state in the final four and coach Sampson always uh, does a remarkable job. He's a great coach, always runs a great program. Uh, he's someone I've learned a lot of a lot from over the years. And uh, at the same time, uh, it goes a lot deeper than that, as you know, because uh, uh, the AU programs, the high school programs, everybody that's poured in to so many of these uh, young athletes that allowed uh, our universities to have a chance to have success uh, recruiting uh, local talent to uh, uh, play a big part in. It's, 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 it's a, a great uh, um, pride uh, recognition and factor just for all of us in the state that, uh, uh, you know, football is, is, is king, uh, but we do play basketball too. And it's great to be uh, uh, good in multiple things and not just one sport. Yep, for sure. So let's, let's look at last season. Um, I want to start with the regular season. Obviously, y'all were, you know, rolling through it. And then there was the COVID pause y'all have. And looking on, I mean, y'all had just beaten Texas. I watched that game again. And then y'all go into that COVID pause. How scared were you? Because then y'all come back from the COVID pause and, you know, beat Iowa State by, well, I think it was two, lose to Kansas, watch those games. 
how scared were you that that COVID pause was going to potentially, I don't want to say derail the season, but really kind of. Well, it, yeah, well, definitely, as you know, as a coach, we worry about everything to begin with, but uh, uh, no one, there's no playbook. Like, you know, when someone comes back from an ankle sprain, uh, normally how long it's going to take them a grade one, grade two, whatever, how long till they get back in the rhythm of things, how long till your team gets back. Uh, but with COVID, uh, again, that was uncharted waters in the standpoint. No one has gone through a three-week uh, shutdown at the end of their season, and how would that affect our team moving forward? And it's amazing they were able, the guys rally together and, and win a conference championship uh, and then turn around and – and really, I mean, our defense was top three in the country all year. And then it got down in the 40s. And we were able to, after the conference tournament, spend some days practicing. And at that point, really the buy-in of the players uh, and, and their desire to get back to the level they were at was so critical. Because sometimes you get toward the end of the year and everybody's more worried about not getting injured, saving themselves for the game. And uh, our guys were, we got to get better each and every day. They knew that. And then all of a sudden our defense started climbing again and getting back to where it was. And uh, that's so important as we know defense wins, but uh, uh, defense directly affects your offense as well. So um, that was, that was very important. Those practice days leading up to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I was obviously, I mean, as, as a Texas Pies, we were following y'all very closely all year and I was really high on y'all year. And so to fast forward a little bit to the national championship game, a lot of people were picking Gonzaga, right? They're a great team, great offense, amazing team. I looked at it and I don't want to pat myself on the back here a lot, but I was like, I feel, I really felt like y'all matched up well with them. Like, you know, the size y'all had on the inside for Timmy, the perimeter guards y'all could throw at their, their guards and the way y'all could attack their defense. I was like, Baylor's going to win this game. They're going to, they shoot 42% from three. I kept yelling that. And so everybody at halftime of, of y'all's game was like, wow, man, Baylor can't keep shooting this well. And I was like, <laughs> this is what they've done all year. I was yelling that on this podcast. But anyways, um, do, did you enter that game kind of looking at it as far as the matchup goes? How did you look at it and how y'all matched up with them entering that game? Well, it's amazing how God works things out because December 5th, number one, Gonzaga, number two, Baylor at the time were supposed to play. And, you know, yep. uh, we're basically getting ready to head downstairs in the locker, in the uh, elevator, uh, out of the halls to, to go to the border bus to go to the game. And then we find out the game's canceled and called off. And uh, at that point, Coach Few and I, uh, we decided, you know, if we can't play this game on December 5th, let's make it April 5th. And uh, that was a wise decision by both of us, but probably uh, uh, contributed also to um, uh, the buildup and the hype coming into the game. Because if that game would have been played, now it's already uh, uh, the sequels are not normally not as exciting as the first movies. And uh, uh, to be able to finish the season where we we're both to the the two best teams uh that's rare too because normally you get a matchup in november or december one versus two you don't fast forward to the end of march and april and have the same one twos playing so yeah. um the fact that if if anything the game got bigger and then with that every coach goes into a game and and he knows if they if if the players operate the game plan um and if you make uh, uh, uh shots and uh, you have success, you come up with a game plan to win. But we also all know that 
game plans aren't always executed and some days you miss shots and so you can't guarantee wins we like to control what we can control so uh how the game started I thought was so critical with uh, uh, Mark Vidal getting some offensive rebounds, controlling the paint, and us getting off to a fast start. And from there, confidence just built. But like uh, any great team that's undefeated at the time, you know they're going to come back and make the run at halftime. And going into the locker room, uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, our guys knew we were 20 minutes away from uh, winning a national championship because uh, you can be a little upset or frustrated when you have a 19 point lead now is down to 10 um but instead of looking at that let's look at we're up 10 and 20 minutes away from winning a national championship yeah and looking at last year's team what was it like for you as a coach to have such a versatile offense that could isolate attack and pick and roll yeah. space the floor attack and transition mm -hmm. i mean every every box pretty much y'all could check well i, I think it starts with uh, uh, our culture of joy, and that is uh, uh, Jesus, others, yourself. And, and since you have a lot of players who can score, sometimes what happens is, uh, and you see this like uh, 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 when all-star games get and teams get together, first thing they do is, well, you knock down a couple of shots, so I got to get mine. I got to show what I do now. And someone mm -hmm. else is like, I got to show what I do. And so when you have that many weapons, you got to have a, a sacrifice and you got to know uh, uh, if one if one of your, if Maceo's cooking, we got to get him the ball. If Jared's going, we got to get him the ball. And there can't be jealousies. Uh, and, and if, if um, that's one of the things our guys uh, uh, put uh, each other first and winning above everything else. So that allowed their egos uh, um, uh, to be in check. And with humility, as you know, when you can score and win in a variety of ways, it makes it a lot easier on coaches, but also even players, because sometimes uh, uh, your shot's not falling instead of, well, you know what, I'm 0 for 5. And I got a teammate that's five for five, but I got to get my shot going. And we, we don't need to go one for 10 when we got someone else who's going eight for 10. Right. Yeah. And, but that's, that's so hard to uh, as a coach. And, and that's why player led teams are so important uh, and guys loving one another that they'll sacrifice for each other. Yeah. And then looking at, I mean, obviously the past two years have just been amazing for y'all, but going into those years, I had read, um, I mean, recently I had re read uh, Coach Orgeron's book. I'm up here at LSU, and he talked about how his coaching philosophy changed over the years, you know, how he was really hard back in the 2000, then softened up. I talked to Coach McCaslin a lot the past few years, and he had talked about how they kind of changed their approach into a degree to focus on the, the positive plays um, a lot more on in film. Was there anything that you changed or your coaching staff changed over the past few few years going into even like the 2019 2018 seasons uh anything that you mm -hmm. tweaked as far as a coach and a coaching staff uh that kind of is starting to pay off to a degree mm -hmm. or just did pay yeah, off great I question. Should say. Yeah. yeah um i think i think first and foremost coaches ask players every year to improve so that means coaches need to improve and uh a style of play changes i mean uh we we've had six eleven three men and we played four guards at one time so i think uh uh our, our um the head coach is only as good as the staff and i try to uh, have a staff of guys all smarter than me because if you're the smartest guy in the room you're not learning much so um we have a we have a great staff extremely blessed and because of that uh everybody brings different ideas thoughts to the table in different ways better ways to to do things and then uh from there 
it's critical you get the buy-in from the players. So is there one magical thing? No, but I mean, I think everybody realizes coaching today is a little bit different than coaching uh, 15 years ago. I mean, um, players, you, you, you have to be more positive with them. Um, it's important to explain uh, uh, why you're doing things so that they have buy-in because uh, their opinions and thoughts matter. And um, it used to be you just tell them to run through a wall and they'd be like, yep. And now you got to tell them why we're going to run through a wall. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And then let's look ahead a little bit to this upcoming season for y'all. Like you said, the school year started. Uh, y'all getting underway. Um, yeah, Matthew Mayer back, you know, Flo Thamba, Big Jonathan, Flagler. Um, those are the contributing returners there. Uh, what does it mean to this team and to y'all as a program to have those those guys back as like a core to, to continue yeah. y'all's success? Well, well, first and foremost, uh, uh, the last two years, we've had the, the best record in the Power Five. The last three years, us in Virginia, the best record in the Power Five. So when you have that culture, tradition, history, it's important you still have players on the team each and every year that are carrying that that uh, uh, mantra and uh, just that experience out each and every day. They know practice, uh, uh, how it needs to be performed. Um, they know how to motivate, how to encourage. Basically, a freshman comes in and and it's kind of like if you go to the Lakers uh, and, and you're a rookie, you're going to see what look over and what does LeBron do every day, right? And if LeBron's a, a great example, that's how you just assume this is how it is and that's what you got to do. And uh, if you don't have anyone to look over and see, now you're trying to figure things out for yourself. And usually um, we all know there's uh, good experiences and bad experiences, but uh, we always try to learn from other people's experiences. Yeah. Um, we, don't, we don't need to get burned on the stove uh, uh, if we know that it's hot and uh, can learn from someone else. So uh, that's where the veterans are so important. They've been down the road before. They've been in this uh, uh, environment of the Big 12, college basketball, and how they conduct, carry themselves uh, is a great example for the young players. And, and really today's uh, uh, basketball game is so much with the transfers is so much different than it ever was before. Normally you're with guys three, four, five years, and that's the average. And now, I mean, it's one, two, three. And if you have three years, it seems like forever. So yeah. uh, with that, it's important to have some players that can uh, show what you want in your culture by example. And then at the same time for our staff, it's always uh, great to work with new players and for returning players, it's always great to have that energy of the youth. And uh, um, uh, that's, that's what you have is excitement of people the first time they're in college and uh, they just can't wait. And that gives you energy. Mm -hmm. So we have a good one right now. For sure. Yeah. I was, kind of bouncing back um to, to last year because um I mean I, like I I co covering North Texas you, you know mid-majors a lot of time have a lot more experienced guys have the you know third fourth you know fifth year seniors and and whatnot y'all were able to have that at the big 12 level and could you tell from an experience level that that helped y'all you know get through the tough times obviously we talked about COVID already but even just basketball oh no no question I mean uh uh Hopefully each and every year people become better basketball players. They become uh, uh, better students, uh, better uh, spiritually, uh, um, uh, character wise. And so, I mean, someone that knows how to ride a bike and takes three weeks off, it's easier to get back on the bike than someone's never learned how to ride a bike and they take three weeks off. So uh, with us, uh, that, that experience 
definitely was helpful in, in allowing us to navigate the, uh, the COVID waters. And quite frankly, if you have a veteran team, they already know your offense and defense. So uh, you, you can make more adjustments. And if you don't have as much practice time, they've already at least uh, have the basis and the four uh, um, to work with. So uh, it was such an advantage, uh, especially going through COVID to have an experienced team. And uh, I know we're talking about North Texas and uh, Coach McCaslin, uh, uh, Baylor guy, and had, uh, I tell you, as a coach, is probably one of the best moments of the day that we won. North Texas won, Oral Roberts won, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, on the on the on the on the ESPN scoreboard, all three of our teams were next to each other, and that was really really cool. But uh, um, I, I can tell you that that's why we've been successful here is because we've had uh, great coaches that really poured into our players, and uh, um, because of that, we've had a very good program. And Coach Mack, uh, Coach Mills are two examples of that. Yep. And we look at some of the newcomers on y'all's team this year. I mean, Kendall Brown, Langston Love, Jeremy Sokin, uh, James James Akinjo. I'm sure I'm forgetting and leaving some some people off. But as as a unit, what did those guys bring to y'all's team, and especially those I mean, three highly touted freshmen that y'all have? Well, the great thing is you pronounce their names right, so that's impressive. Oh, right good. There. there we go. We got some tough ones in there, but uh, uh, we we have a. Uh, uh, Dale Bonner is another one that uh, yeah. is, is a transfer um, uh, and gives you some experience and uh, very similar to uh, uh, Freddie Gillespie and a lot of our other transfers that came from lower levels now have a chance to show what they can do at the highest level. And uh, a big thing for, for us is uh, each and every day um, making sure that uh, uh, we're getting better as a team and then individually uh, helping guys uh, get adapted to uh, our culture and uh, what we expect from them. And uh, one thing, one thing about 18 year olds is, uh, and we have three really talented freshmen, uh, but the most impressive thing is their coachability and desire to uh, learn from the upperclassmen because peer pressure is so, so important, especially ages 18 to 22. And if you, if the 22 year olds are doing the right thing, and the way that uh, uh, can lead to winning, it really makes it easy for the 18-year-olds to follow and 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 get to a lot quicker. Because um, if you have those positive examples, they spend a lot more time with uh, the players to do themselves than they do with us. So uh, the extra time in the gym, working out, the, the talks in the locker room afterward, or at the apartments at night, uh, that's that's really where players are, are formed. And uh, Again, we, we try to recruit to our culture. So as long as we bring in the right uh, players and surround them with the right players, hopefully good things happen. Yeah. And I'll pretty much end it here. Uh, the, the Big 12, like we talked about early on, was such, such a good basketball conference right now. Yeah. Uh, just how would you assess the conference overall and the challenge that it's going to take to, I mean, to win it again? Well, you, you look at it and uh, analytically, the last seven, eight years, best conference in the country. Most teams have gone to the postseason from the Big 12. And uh, the strength of the Big 12 has always been the top to the bottom. And the fact that we don't have two or three teams that 
uh, are bad. We have uh, everybody's really competitive. Everyone's really good. So there is no off nights. There is no easy wins. And because of that, that, that really helps with your RPI and your uh, Ken Palm rankings and your uh, net rankings and all the other rankings. So yeah. um, at the same time, that's, that's the struggle of the big 12 is uh, a lot of close games and very similar to uh, uh, the NBA, I mean, a lot of times it's one or two possessions. And if you're on point, uh, you have a great feeling. If you're not, uh, it's a terrible feeling. And then that terrible feeling can compound quickly because it's not like you can get back on track with an easy game here or there. Yeah. So uh, great coaches, great programs, great fans. Uh, and looking forward to another year. Each year I'm like, I don't know if the Big 12 can get any tougher. And you look on paper and rosters, you're like, man, this might be the toughest it's ever been. So uh, I really thought um, two years ago we could have had, uh, uh, when we didn't have the NCAA tournament, yeah. you could have had two two teams in the final four from the Big 12. I mean, this year maybe you have three teams. So really a deep, deep uh, uh, year for the Big 12. Yeah. As a Texas podcast, we want as many Texas teams in, in there as possible. Let's, let's get all of them going. Uh, Houston SMU, come on in. Uh, anybody, anybody in here. Let's go. Yeah, let's but, go. Uh, but yeah, coach, uh, we appreciate, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me real quick and, uh, you know, best of luck to you this season, man. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for all you do. Keep Grant out of trouble and uh, uh, tell Coach Mulkey we said hello, all right? Will do, Coach. Appreciate it, man.